Hello, everyone. I am Albert. Pleased to meet you. I think it is time for me to start presenting, but I will wait for a cue within Zoom to do so. Apologies. Excellent. No worries. Well, welcome, everybody. I am Albert Kessa, artist. Hello. Hello. Yeah, excellent. Well, here's the thing. I've got the the setup here and uh, we're just making sure to work through the, the technical issues. Folks, it has been uh, quite a few months since I've planned this chat and uh, I'm very, very pleased that uh, you have taken the time out of your day to be with me here as I give this presentation. And so I would like to begin. Creative Victoria, Melbourne International Games Week, and the Australian Centre for the Moving Image acknowledges the traditional owners, the Wurundjeri and Boon Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation, on whose land we meet, share and work on. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people from all nations of this land. Here in Canberra, the land belongs to the Ngunnawal. Dawara Nuna, Dara Ngunnawal. Yangu Nalawiri, Dunimanyin, Nanawalwari, Dawara Wari. Ningaradindi, Dawara, Nanawalbun, Yunjum Aralinjinyin. This is Nanawal country. Today we are gathering on Nanawal country. We will always pay respects to elders, female and male, and Nanawal country. This presentation is brought to you by the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, celebrating the wonder and power of the world's most democratic art form, fostering the next generation of makers, players, and watchers. Also brought by Creative Victoria, the state government body dedicated to championing, growing, and supporting Victoria's creative industries. And lastly, this presentation is part of Melbourne International Games Week 2021, Asia Pacific's largest digital games celebration featuring conferences, events, and activities for the games industry, games enthusiasts, the general public, and educators. Thank you, Migwa. It is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. My mum is actually currently going through chemo. So from 1st of October to the end of October, consider um, donating to this really, really worthy cause. Uh, I founded uh, Quantum Myth Studio back in 2015, dedicated to uh, interactive mythology and uh, inspired by that game company and similar creators like Fumito Ueda in creating timeless interactive parables that uh, leverage the um, true humanity and empathy engaging power of interactive art. Uh, a couple of shouts out to the friends of the show. Um, I do a podcast, the Albert Kessa podcast. I told some of the organizers uh, of this event that I've been giving this talk in various iterations over many years. And um, uh, so I'll just give them shouts out. So the last of us podcast, which is all, they're all sub feeds to my main show, uh, Catherine and Anne-Marie, Bioshock, Izzy and Erica, God of War, Sam and Ilyas, Kojima, Nai, Danny, Johnny, Nav, Anna, Dune, Hassan, Julia, Emmy, Mark, Marcus, Zinya, and Elden Ring, Leyland, and Terra. Elden Ring, everybody, let's do this. Very good, so I've got my slides here, let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope all of you are doing well on this day. I am from Canberra, <laughs> and so right there, let's just sort of start with that. Um, Canberra is slightly disadvantaged, uh, maybe more than slightly disadvantaged when it comes to the interactive art form in terms of uh, community participation and um, 
actual studios that we have here, we don't have too many. So I'm 32, uh, ex-Army, full-time Australian public service, APS, but I am on a quest, uh, which is APS, art producing storytelling. I'm very daggy, so you can look forward to more things like that. Um, so I just want to be who I really am uh, deep down. And I, I suggest if you're watching this, either you're in that field of the being who you are for a living um, or really, really inspired by people who do and want to make the leap into the art form uh, or into, into this industry. So 100 stories across 100 years. That is the quantum myths goal. Uh, it's very lofty. But uh, James Cameron once said, if you plan far ahead of anyone else's estimations of success, you will fail ahead of everyone else's success. So that's the goal there. Um, so, and I also want to help other people uh, who want to do the same. So apes together strong, as you can see there. Um, yeah, every waking minute. It's the alliteration. It's why I named the show, uh, or rather the presentation, Patterns, Podcasts, and Parables. Uh, we'll get more into that later. Um, all three of my creative outlets as an artist, creative producer, are devoted to espousing this medium and showcasing what I consider to be a criminal adjacent, not quite criminally, but just a, a bizarrely under-discussed um, component of uh, the art form, which is its potential for enriching the human condition and uh, deepening empathy and uh, engaging us as human beings, uh, as direct creators of our experience more than any other medium. So there's a slide later which speaks to that. But anyway, let's crack on. So I do want to leave behind a chronicle of um, just one person's engagement and, and kinship with, uh, with creativity. And so the reason I bring that up is even if you're watching this and, that, and you can see I'm not too typical of a game type person with the things behind me and the shirts. I just, I have a lens into this. My initial, my first name for myself was the Tweety Gamer, but I ended up changing that because obviously <laughs> it's just better to just be known by your own name and stuff. But I just wanted to uh, create what I wasn't seeing out there, which is a certain kind of idiosyncratic discourse about games, which with being um, offered this chance to speak uh, itself, this presentation is a positive symptom for uh, the art form widening and accommodating uh, less typical, like atypical kind of lenses into the medium like myself. So why games? I've touched on it. It's, as you can see, it sort of flows from me uh, as, as, as naturally as breathing, really. And it might sound daggy, it might sound sappy, but it is for me the frontier art form um, of humanity. Uh, given that we have a couple of paths that lie ahead, we'll also get into that later. We need to make a choice that uh, makes us feel as though we're actually in charge of our lives. Uh, there's a lot of things in place that um, kind of guide us towards what certain companies want us to believe and like, and that's the algorithm I'm talking about, whereas interactive is all about claiming your agency. So um, if you go to albertkesser.com forward slash manifesto, like right now, if you're watching, you can actually read along with some of my thoughts uh, and the sort of the philosophical, but also just... Um, I guess, interactivist uh, backbone of what this presentation is about. So unlike other mediums, it is the only art form that won't play itself. Um, an album will just keep playing if you leave the room, same with a film. Um, and a book sort of just sort of sits there, uh, requires your engagement, but you know, we're gonna get into my thoughts about the other mediums later. Um, 
we, it needs guidance, this art form. It's, it's showing signs that, uh, and I'm not purporting myself to be that guidance. I'm simply offering a lens and a mirror to it. I think that if it is unchecked, then it, then it could possibly go down a, pipe, a timeline where it isn't leveraging that amazing, um, all-encompassing humanity-enriching potential, which we see pretty infrequently. You know, you have your last of us as the God of Wars. Um, and yeah, we want to we see more of that stuff and we'll get more into that later. So on to the next slide, amazing background team. That was very quick. Well, it was quick here at least. And I'm watching the YouTube as well. Okay, so speaking of interactive, here are some of my favorite titles, The Last Guardian, Journey, God of War, The Last of Us Part Two, The Order 1886, which hopefully I'm not getting any eye rolls anywhere. Um, uh, everything you enjoy about God of War and uh, Uncharted, uh, The Order 1886 opened that door. Similarly to, if you have a, a recent example, we had... Um, James Cameron sort of very, you know, classily uh, congratulated Marvel on like beating Avatar. Thanos was built with uh, Navi tech. So I know there are some uh, aspects of like popular culture that sort of have that eye roll component of like, it wasn't completely to the universe's liking, but if God of War here in this analogy is Endgame, where Thanos really like leverage that um, power of, of performance capture, which was really, you know, pioneered by Andy Serkis, but then developed uh, by, to, to a new level with, with Marvel, um, sorry, by uh, James Cameron. Um, yeah, just have to keep those sort of things in mind, you know, the, the primary source of things. So for the creators, it is all about what you see before you, Fumito Ueda, Hidetaka Miyazaki, uh, Hideo Kojima. I, I paused at Hideo Kojima because I uh, have recorded so far 77 podcasts leading up to, you can look at the whole chronicle of my journey um, uh, and some of the listeners uh, of my podcast may be tuning in. What a journey it was towards figuring out what Death Stranding was. What a, what a fun journey indeed. And we'll be doing that with his next title as well. Um, I'm sorry, but we have to stop and pause with uh, Carmela Geppert and Amy Hennig, Sea of Solitude and Uncharted and Legacy of Cain, which was another door opener into Games being more than just uh, recreation, distraction, and competition. So you'll see that quite a bit in this presentation. So next slide. That's cool. I should, oh, that's so quick. Oh my God, thank you. So speaking of the human experience, um, the reason why you interactive is a uniquely positioned to explore, express, and enhance it. So deepest possible relationships between you, the human, and the subject. Uh, in the manifesto, I have a line that describes uh, what, if not games, if not interactive, what is the closest possible relationship that a human being can have with the art than actually becoming the art themselves in that process, that, you know, that, that transformation. There's no other, there's no other, honestly, in any of the other mediums. Um, limitless educational potential, again, in the manifesto, I talk about the uh, discovery mode of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where you can, uh, teachers I'm sure have availed themselves of the ability to just directly transport their classes into um, ancient Egypt. You, you become the history and you connect again. And then this leads me another part of the manifesto, which I'll add here, spiritual connection as well, uh, reconnection with ancestry. There's um, a, a game called Never Alone about uh, the Inuit people. The game developers uh, collaborated with um, uh, cultural elders and experts to create an authentic 
retelling, an interactive retelling of, um, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because there's nothing quite like the feeling that you are actually inhabiting your ancestors. Even if there's an, there's an image of it on a screen, there's a feeling that you have connected because you are directly moving that representation of their spirit. It's not just happening um, in your head. So as you can see, so I, I go on about the frontier creative art form, but and I, you can see the gift there. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills sometimes because there is so much self-sabotage and I would say, um, I guess you, you see this at parties, just people sort of all tacitly choosing to avoid talking about something because the party's going on. You don't want to ruin the party. Well, I do want to very respectfully, politely ruin this party because um, there was a lot of hand gestures because um, we can have both. If I could have a taco girl gift here, we can have both. And the way we can have both is um, we just, we, we tweak the current ratio, which is, I would say about 80 to 90%. I would say boilerplate, uh, safe bets, um, productions and, and concepts. And then you have those glimmering Elden Rings, you have those glimmering uh, Death Strandings and, and God of War revivals, which God of War is very special to me on the Instagram. I have it right in front of me here. Corey Barlog um, very kindly sent a poster to Quantumist Studios. Uh, to okay why not i'll dive into it kratos is interactive art so he went from being something quite crass and base and that sort of pandits to sort of lower baser kind of human impulses stepped back gathered himself matured and then came back and the child themselves matured you know he goes atreus goes from recognizing uh, that he's no he's no longer a child he's a god now and that's what i believe interactive is fated for so uh, I'm considering developing a shirt called the Tangent Taking Podcast because I do like my tangents, but hopefully they've all been additive so far. So calling them games disadvantages, uh, artistic legitimization uh, from the outset. So it's like introducing yourself. Hi, my name is, uh, and you just say like poop before your name. Like it's, it's, I don't know, like that just sort of came to me. But what if we just removed that sense of maybe that connected with some people, but what if we just removed um, that that little that little element? And it's a very obvious element of self sabotage. I know it'll be very difficult uh, to backpedal. I know that movies are still called movies, uh, even though their original name was motion pictures. Uh, my favorite term for them is film because it is the thing itself, and that's why interactive is my preferred term. Interactive art, and it, obviously that brings all kinds of eye rolls uh, of like pretentious and like what are you doing and like you're just so commodity but I, I just I like to I like truth I think truth is really sort of well it's the main thing isn't it um we're guided by it and it's the only thing that matters so why not just reflect what actually is with what we do and say and what we call things by so in a strong anti-maturation attitude um yeah I have here crab in the bucket and tall poppy syndrome which is sometimes like with the example of the order 1886 um there's a yeah, when I would read the reviews of the order and I saw the Time Magazine article of how they had developed digital recreated um, chromatic aberration on the, on the lens, I was aghast, so impressed. Scanning uh, museum, genuine, you know, 1800s clothing to get that sort of the exact texture, replicating all of these aspects of the cinematic experience and they complained that it was too short. <laughs> they complained that it didn't have enough 
to do and it wasn't fun. And so then I would say it's like walking into a Lynch film and then sort of complaining that it didn't give you what Billy Madison gave you or something, you know? So, and that is frustrating. It really is. So I take all of my frustration out in the patterns that you see. It's like, oh, I'm so angry, you know? So that's what I do. Um, so current, current analytics, they do discourage um, deeper and wider ranging discussion. Uh, with the increased pace of media releasing and news feeds, uh, attention spans are lowering and companies are getting you know, bolder with their, I guess, sense of entitlement, sense of unchallenged authority in you know, giving us, uh, there's a quote in the manifesto from Derek Acosta uh, from Mega64, we are in the post good things era. Uh, companies have caught wide, caught, caught wise rather, to how we, it's better, it's easier rather to make a game that is bad with a good trailer than it is to just make a good game. Some of those who have resisted, Nintendo, right? Breath of the Wild, they do not release the game until it's perfect. And that's Breath of the Wild right there. That was one of my other shirt options, Breath of the Wild, but you know, Elden Ring. Ooh, Elden Ring, anyway. Cool. So. Yeah, so more con more considered this course, I think we, we could really benefit from that. And hopefully I, I'm connecting in some way with maybe some of you out there that uh, that believe that that is the case and that we, we could really benefit from deeper dis discourse and have that be not the exception, have that be a fair, nice, just a, a little bit more of that chunk of the pie chart rather than just this very thin, precariously hair thin demographic to which I belong. So life and the resistance, it is fulfilling, but I mentioned it is frustrating. So you're unsupported, but you are unrestricted. And that is the, the indie creed, which is why at the end of the manifesto, I say I am this independent creator. And um, we have Kojima coming up and you can actually, he's up there on the top there with the, the intro of his studio because he is in AAA, quadruple A, some would say, with the latest release, um, Death Stranding Director's Cut. Uh, a, a quadruple A um, producer, director, creative with an indie spirit. And that's why for me, Kojima is that template. Ueda is that template. Miyazaki is the template. These um, maybe semi-reclusive, maybe not so much in Kojima's case, uh, artists who are here to say something. They're not here to just make something to sell something. So there you go. So if we could move to the next slide, thank you. So yet hope remains while the company is true. All of you here today, as I mentioned before. And with that, it is time for a story. Next slide. I, I have to give some background at this point. So um, fantasy loving mother, filmmaking Italian father. Uh, you might be saying, oh, this is some arch boffin who is just peeking into gaming and just suddenly judging us all. No, I've been deeply embedded in gaming. Uh, I followed it. I just, my every waking, uh, my earliest memories, games, yeah. Medieval, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, um, you can see actually the images I've chosen here, that's actually a street in Montefiore, uh, this, you can look it up, it's in a region in Italy called Le Marche, and it was an, a, a century village, so again, open world, <laughs> um, Zelda, Ruins, Dark Souls, all of that sort of, sort of took shape in my own life, and I think maybe that incepted this idea that we shouldn't have too great a divide between ourselves and the and the real world that's why I'm such a 
a proponent of the photo reel. You know, Last of Us Part Two is, I think, the pinnacle right up there with um, of, with God of War, and it's they are distressingly rare these titles. But I also love Journey and The Pathless, and you know, it's like paintings in motion. But anyway, how it was for a while was that um, I was involved in an army incident. It's also why I started getting tattoos, and um, I was left out on a firing range. And I already didn't really like weapons. You know, I think we have, if I don't see, if I see uh, another a- FPS, like I have a, a physical reaction of like, I don't care how good it looks. We're just done enough guns, you know, um, very Sigourney Weaver about that. Look up her attitude on the set of the film Aliens. Yeah. But yeah, left out on a firing range, no high-vis vest, no hearing protection, Um yeah, it sort of pushed me even more uh, towards um, nonviolence. And and one of my, uh, I'll just take a, a brief aside with Death Stranding, director's cut, um, I saw for this title that emerged in 2016, this man holding this baby, which is clearly Kojima holding Metal Gear, the baby that was taken from him. I have a whole other presentation there for you about that symbolism. Uh Fast forward to 2021, and it's like sentry guns in, in Death Stranding and race, race course driving in Death Stranding. And again, we're talking about origins. It's probably what prompted me to want to say, okay, we need to maybe step in uh, as a community and really hold this medium to, to higher standards. And I have no doubt that Kojima's next title uh, will push the boundaries even more. But his, if we're seeing visionaries not compromise themselves, but if we're seeing them you know, have that consciousness that they need to maybe dim themselves and be less ambitious. Because one of the things that drove me to following Death Stranding for so long was the promise of a nonviolent story, that actual, okay, it's, and I said, it's happening. This is going to be a triple quadruple A with no violence, but unfortunately there is. And who knows what we will see, maybe quantum myth with some of the work I can do. Humbly, I'll be able to put something out there that is compelling, like Journey and Death Stranding and Journey are. I still love both titles, of course, for what they are. Uh, it's better to love something for what it is than what it isn't. And yeah, both titles are siblings in that way, because there's that anonymous online element, which I celebrate and appreciate. Cool. So Canberra, I mentioned it earlier, introvert capital. I am an introvert, uh, which is both good and bad. Um, there's that song from Beauty and the Beast, this, this provincial life, like it just feels safe, but, you know, nothing much happens in terms of events. And that's why Melbourne International Games Week. Yeah, 99% online. And in fact, uh, unless my fiance Ray is, you know, on the ball, shout out, Ray. I think you're watching. I love you. Um, yeah, unless we're on the ball, I won't leave the house. I won't look up for my phone because my world is out there. It's very Disney. <laughs> it's very Disney indeed. And, and I am, I do, I am torn between whether or not I want to stay and develop Australia's voice or, you know, um, Chuck and Alana Pierce and head over, which congratulations, Alana, on um, Santa Monica Studio. Uh, you and Eric, the director of God of War Ragnarok, go. I send them letters and they're lovely. So next slide, please. So, I mean, I mentioned the alliteration. The atypical, again, the whole conversation is about integrating the atypical rather than being alienated by it and then sort of saying, ah, great. Anyway, and then you just go back to your IGNs, to your typical kind of, you know, that I would say the blue pill path, not to kind of say that I'm the red pill, but it's just an example. Shout out to the Matrix. 
why don't we have an open world photoreal matrix game? We'll talk about it later. Why patterns, podcasts, and parables? So I like three. Triangle, strongest shape in nature, the pyramids. Polygons. Little tri- there you go right here. So why video games are made of tiny triangles. Boom. I, well, I'm a producer. Um, I am a podcaster that sometimes doesn't feel like podcasting. You can even go to youtube.com forward slash Albuquerque official. Some of my shows are like these just big long shows about like, let's just break down all this stuff solo. And, but I have some other types of shows too. Um, and when it occurred to me, I wanted to put something together that sort of um, engaged people in a bit of a different way. I thought of three. I thought of something that could support me. And I thought of the three elements in my life. So when I, and, and I thought of my mission, past, present, future. Getting attention is important. Uh, you, we're sort of told uh, attention grabbing. It's a, maybe something to be avoided, uh, to stay humble, stay quiet, stay unambitious, stay compliant, stay invisible. But uh, I don't think so. I think get out there. I think make your art, make your paintings and mute mute button on any naysayers keep developing it you will you will grow on your own self-sustained um practice you really will so encouragement tangent um yes patterns the reason why as i mentioned not only is it my main immediate form of creativity right there i mean it doesn't say it there i was inspired by odd world i was inspired by uh darth maul's patterns and um Oddworld. I mean, I said Oddworld, but Legacy of Cain. That's right. So if you look at some of the symbol art there, and initially uh, people will see my art and say, "That's you know very beautiful, inspired by uh, maybe Aboriginal art, right?" And I'll say, "I love Aboriginal art. I love it, but this was this was my heritage, you know." And you know, here, here's this kind of like cisgender white guy with that lens into the interactive medium. I decided long ago to fashion myself into as you heard in the shout outs before the reason I shouted the amount of um, women people of color different genders different everything I just our role really is to open doors and we're seeing so much of it and it makes me very very happy so getting attention if you've been dimmed very important keeping attention that's what we're doing now this discourse the podcast networking you might be saying so you're giving two talks at once Albert you're telling me how to get into the industry, even though you're not in the industry, uh, and you're talking about interactive art. Well, the common element, as I mentioned, is that rule of three. And it is, if you, if you really want to get into the industry, um, and if you want to be part of this voice, which I feel as though, um, I feel as though with some of my collaborators is getting louder, but um, if it does resonate with you, this talk, by all means, get in touch. We'll collaborate, we'll develop games together, of course. But you need to keep going. Uh, it will get tough. And especially when you are taking the atypical approach, talking about atypical topics, you will encounter resistance because the world just isn't ready yet. And certainly there's a feeling that the world isn't quite ready, but I believe is very close to being ready for a true revolution and a true um, surge in maturation and, ev- and, and evolution of the medium. Absolutely. So using attention, um, once you have it is, is sacred because do you have the feeling, I'm sure you do, of, of seeing a film or playing a game and saying, wow, is this, this, this is what you decided to do with the stage of the world. And I might risk hiring some folks, but I had this feeling with the latest, The Suicide Squad. I had a couple of moments where I said, this amount of money, this amount of 
that all the DC people are like, that's it. I'm not going to listen to this guy. I, I liked some elements and I love James Gunn. Can't wait for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I love what they're doing with the, guy, the game as well. October. Yeah. But you have to, it's, you have to honor that opportunity. Kojima honors the opportunity of having a platform in every scene. Watermelons, you can disintegrate them. Uh, you know, particle effects, um, Easter eggs that we're still discovering to this day. Same with Hidetaka Miyazaki, um, all kinds of hidden secrets, honoring that opportunity of having been given a voice. Um, that is what we also need to promote. And it is something that sadly we'd see a lot of people just go in with that conveyor belt, boilerplate mentality, make stuff that you just immediately forget. Uh, sadly, I'll just bring up Battleborn, Star Wars, that's what I mean, that contrast of George Lucas had to fight against so much. And same with James Cameron, you had to, he, had, he took the film industry by the and dragged it into a new era, uh, despite people actually physically like dropping out of that project. And I feel as though Interactive is on that threshold too. Uh, there's nothing quite like this Ragnarok of sorts we're all experiencing to make you feel like something big's coming and when we return to our offices and to every, everything that was normal before, maybe it will be that opportunity of starting again and envisioning a, a more mature and integrated and friendly to the atypical future. You know, that's what we want. So next slide, please. So where do we go now, um, sweet child of mine? Well, that depends right there, little A bodice right there, some of the art that inspired me, next slide. The, the three timelines, everybody, um, the next 10 years. So this is one of my favorite slides, not just because I like putting together big complex slides. Um, this is gonna be on 1080p uh, for you to watch and maybe zoom in if you want to. We have an interesting path ahead of us. Um, maybe I'll just be more direct. It's gonna be very challenging. As I mentioned, we want um, obviously more more, more, obviously, like that's, that's what we want, but we also need to think about what we're getting. Uh, and I strongly prefer, this is gonna be my next talk next year, if you guys have me back, I would prefer for Crunch to disappear completely for this chance to rearrange and redo. Certain, certainly certain industries had to completely reinvent themselves after world wars, for example. We can do that with gaming, we can do that with work from home, and we will never see Crunch again for a very specific reason. We can, ch we can channel what we have here. So Trojan horse escapism and in into innovation. So the pandemic era, location doesn't matter, that's what I mean. If you can work comfortably from home, develop a game, create an asset, pull an asset comfortably from home, you're not encountering Crunch anymore. With this, there will be a greater sense of freedom to take risks because you are spending less on overhead on on an office on a traditional studio environment uh the model will actually allow and accommodate um riskier ideas uh because the production costs absolutely drop away and we want that we don't want monopolization we really don't so massive tech innovations result from covid home creativity new opportunities ah of course, this would be my ideal timeline because it's the one in which I don't even have to leave Canberra to work for Santa Monica Studio, hire me, or Naughty Dog, or Kojima Productions. That is something that I want 
everyone to look up from the way things currently are and really strongly envision and help collectively bring into reality. You watching this, I'm certain the notion of having a webcam, a computer, and then you suddenly in whatever country, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, anywhere, and you can you are suddenly an employee of etc. Apple, um, who is definitely going to get into gaming. Netflix just got into gaming, so Sony, PlayStation, who I believe are defining the art form. Uh oh, the comments. It would be the it would be truly special to to take this timeline. I see here what I've added is you know Dragon Age, uh, the Netflix series, which is rumored, but that's happening. <laughs> Fallout with the creators of um, Westworld. Uh, Halo on Paramount Plus, the last of us HBO series, which I didn't have. Um, I did have the time, but I wanted to focus on other elements of the presentation. But we saw the first screenshot of Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal in their roles as Ellie and Joe and, and Chernobyl. All I'll say is watch Chernobyl, understand that shift of, let's say, the Blood Rain movies or the I love Mila Jovovich, shout out the fifth element but away from you know that kind of cross uh uneasy unsure of itself adaptations into other mediums so Guillermo del Toro has spoken about why the reason why there have been so many failings of adaptations between um film adapting games and games adapting film is because the the decision is a commercial one it's not made with that integrity and Arkham is a great symptom of of, of changing things of and obviously what they're doing with the, the Marvelverse. So, but another thing I'll say here is, speaking of, of I suppose, business commercial, there is, a, there is a way forward of the integration, which I, between, of art and commerce, which I shorthand as Michael Bay approach, Denis Villeneuve approach. We're seeing Dune doing very well. This is the film by the creator of Blade Runner 2049. Dune was similarly thought to be a, um, unfilmable uh you know saga similarly to i'm sure some people say well i've maybe just tuned off and put this on in the background and i just albert i just don't think it's going to come true i don't think the medium can integrate that and i think we are going to just head towards this um fortnighty type default of what games are and sort of forever be in that sort of um recreation distraction competition space but look at the two models look at god of war god of war IGN just voted it the best game of all time, beating out GTA V. So there is a beautiful symptom of uh, an art form that is ready, I think, in its heart, ready to, to take the next step and mature. Art-led growth. There we go. Art is commerce. This is something that was said at a recent press conference with Denny. It was about Blade Runner, but his producer simply said, Denny makes his art and his art is his commerce. Everything, all the success comes as a, a side effect of this prioritization and enshrining and respect of art. And this was something that, again, with Star Wars, we're just, um, the reason I'm pulling these stable, easy to understand examples is that we don't, yeah, we, we actually don't um, have that many coming out, do we, of works that have fully cast aside any, any worries and any concerns of algorithms. I think the algorithm has killed a lot more opportunities than it has created because there's uh, focus groups devoted to the almighty algorithm and a lot of creatives have had their dreams dimmed and snuffed out 
based on trusting this thing. It's almost like Luke trusting uh, the targeting computer instead of the force, you know? But if we take, if we create a culture where risk-taking isn't risky, then we can have, uh, I'll, I'll say it, maybe even let's, let's, let's aspire big, like a Last of Us Part 2 quality game coming out every month. We stagger the development, seven years, like standard, and teams go quiet in the way that Hidetaka Miyazaki provably always shows is to his direct advantage, creating that mystery. Going quiet, it was a thing, folks. Maybe the young kids don't remember, but there, was, there were periods of complete silence and then the game just appeared. And you didn't see behind the scenes too much and you didn't see how the sausage was made and that meal that you've been so hungry for arrives at the table and you are absolutely, like you're swept up in it. And a lot of the reason why we're feeling less of that childlike, which is different from childish, big different, um, big difference. Yeah, we're feeling less of it because we're just constantly getting updates at all times. There's no time for the anticipation to build up, you know. We need to reassess and consciously, uh, Jack White talks about this, how I have to artificially create hardship for myself in the studio because during the making of some of the White Stripes records, it was hard. And because it was hard, because it hurt my fingers, I, I stripped away certain notes and ha animation as well. Um, in the old Disney films, making two seconds of, of, well, stop motion as well, two seconds of film, three, four weeks sometimes of production. And you want to hope that that line that that character is saying is a perfect line. So hardship can be artificially sort of integrated, which almost makes it more of a conscious thing. It's actually not to sound arrogant, but it may even make the likes of uh, the Todd Phillipses uh, who created Joker. He had to push the outside world outside his, his history with The Hangover. You know, he had to shed that. Now he's an Oscar nominated director. He, his journey, please look at that journey. Um, as you can see, interactive for me isn't just about talking about interactive medium. It's that all elements of that word. Uh, Guillermo del Toro in the manifesto has a word transmedia um, and how we need to be prepared. I'll, I'll read you the quote later, but next slide, please. You can tell why I wanted to stay on the first slide because I don't, I, this is what I don't want to see. I don't want to see the nightmare timeline, but we have to talk about it because um, one of the traditions of scary stories is to inspire kids to you know, stay out of the woods and listen to what mom says. So we're gonna just dive in. So the bad timeline is full tilt avoidance, regression, dilution, the art aspect of games, the name that they're permanently known by um, takes over, profit dominates, uh, the games business industry, uh, microtransactions rise, the recreation distraction competition, aspects of games completely take over, and single-player titles became basically extinct, and the Fortnite apocalypse is now. Look, I know that Fortnite has has had some nice uh, components of, I think, fundraising with streamers. Not opposed to that. Uh, too loud of a voice, too much monopoly. Other other voices either are dimmed or do not feel inspired to to speak in the first place. So, as much as I'm certain there are a lot, I don't subscribe to any kind of rage culture, any kind of. That's why I'm certain I've been losing subscribers <laughs> since I decided to sort of come out and tell people, look, I'm just not following the algorithm anymore. I just want to put out material that is in line with my own integrity and to let people into how, look, the way we avoid the nightmare timeline is with truth and is to recognize, look, this is its potential. So 
this is a timeline of following lies. And, and as you can see here, so companies making us believe that the lies are truth. And here we go. So they become the main avenue for control and not Remedy's amazing title control. So who knows what they're developing next? Sublimated as convenient, streamlined and fun um, technology that was originally developed for games is repurposed uh, to keep people, you know, compliant um, and distant from one another. Uh, you know, certain ecosystems and services uh, in AI-powered VR, VR, AR-verse, which I'm sure is giving people a lot of anxiety, including Elon. Um, so they unhealth, basically they unhealthily substitute reality. And that is my, that's another, maybe 2023's presentation might be about how, how VR, I've never put a VR set on, on, on my head in my life. And I've heard great things, but I've also heard terrible things. Um, who knows what is down that road? We shall see. Um, with a subscription model, uh, I also have, even though I've, I've mostly moved to digital, I genuinely believe that uh, if we are not careful, we'll just have the notion of ownership kind of Orwellian-tastically removed. And then we just, we don't own things anymore. And then we just sort of, again, this image here of the, the king, you know, just all of us just in, enthralled to um, the, the status quo that, that shows no no sign of of, um, of changing, and uh, there's a there's that dividing line which the egalitarianness of the internet isn't leveraged. Uh, communication and creativity is sort of seen as like, oh, nice. Anyway, when are you jumping on later with Apex? You know, war, war zone, and and that would really break my heart. So, yeah, people become docile, complacent, and content with their content is is what a, a phrase that I use to describe it. Um, so we, we, we lose individualism. We lose the core, the soul of interactive, which is agency. We lose that. So we don't want that. So yeah, profit leads the way, uh, art fades away. Yeah, let's get next. <laughs> scary. Let's next, next slide. <laughs> Thank you. So this one is again, similarly, like I'll take this one over the last one, but you know, let's go into this one. So this is my secondary fear is that timeline wise, things sort of stay as they are. Um, I continue to sort of keep that vigil in the army. I stayed under an awning and I, uh, in the rain, no matter what rain or shine, I, I would just sort of stand there. And guess what I do? I, I would imagine creating different games. There's a recent title called Away where you like play as a sugar glider. I literally thought of what, what if you just played like a David Attenborough, the game, you know, and manifesto is full of ideas like that. Like why? If we're on the 17th iteration of trying to emulate Fortnite, why are we not, you know, making Planet of the Apes open world RPG with Horizon Zero Dawn graphics like? Like the stuff that would make me, you know, I used to do reaction videos, not anymore, but that would make me like flip a table, like, oh, wow, it's finally changed, you know? I'm that kind of guy I have to like do right there. I have microfiber clusters everywhere, so everything's nice and pristine. So, once again, you can see in my body language, it's like, I just don't want to think about it, but at the same time, we have to go there. Everything stays confusing. Everything, you know, there's some diamonds, but it's mostly coal right there. So um, greed is prominent. It's not necessarily dominant, but it is very prominent. And uh, interactive doesn't catch on. It exists firmly as a secondary outlet with no real world artistic aspirations. And yeah, it's, it play, oh, it's like perpetually second fiddle where I want it to, again, that godhood I talk about, Atreus. Symbolically, I'll have to at one point maybe ask Corey if he had any sort of notion of that, but I could be maybe just 
painting what I'm seeing there. It does strike as a parable, though, of the maturation of the medium. It really does. So, and the worst thing is that, um, you know, yeah, this the, the idea of technology being in our lives but doing nothing. It's like, well, either elevate us or be something that we can then rebel against, 1984 style. You know, but this thing of just sort of being there and doing nothing, that's also, you know, that gift of like, do something, you know, so we really don't want that either. So I say, you know what, let's go to the next slide. I've got a couple of nice things uh, to dive into now. Bringing the spirits back up. Huizinga, I first heard of this man through Kojima when I read his manifesto, which I will read in full now. We are homo ludens those who play. From the moment we enter this world, we instinctively invent ways to have fun and share our intentions with those around us, our inventions with those around us. We are not asked to do this, nor do we need reasons to create. It is simply who we are. We find one another and compete with one another. We laugh together and cry together, all while playing together. Our experiences bind us and liberate us to share our most valuable experiences. We create stories, invent tools, and evolve the art of play. Play has been our ally since the dawn of civilization. Playing is not simply a pastime. It is the primordial basis of imagination and creation. Truth be told, homo ludens, those who play, are simultaneously homo faber, those who create. Even if the earth was stripped of all life and reduced to a barren wasteland, our imagination and desire to create would persevere beyond survival. It would provide hope that flowers may one day bloom again. Through the invention of play, our new evolution awaits. Kojima Productions, we are homo ludens, we are those who play Hideo Kojima. Right there, boom. When I have the chance to speak with him one day, that will just be something where I can say, look, even, I think even before um, encountering Metal Gear, I would play, I'll just give you, a, a, on my, one of Albert's reveries, my friend Mario and I in Montefiore, we would pretend, we would do that thing of, you know, yeah, go out and you pretend that you're a certain character. I don't know if kids still do this, but I would get a stick and pretend I was a warrior or whatever. And we would, I would, we would take turns. I would be 006, he would be 007, et cetera. I'd be 007, 006, because GoldenEye was coming out at the time. It was the 90s. And I felt all those feelings so deeply and it was fun. And if VR does take this path of being almost the equivalent of what Mario and I um, would do, like that playtime, it was play, but it was also serious because I felt, I felt that thrill, you know, and I felt that, that integration. And this is why I have a massive respect for cosplay because it is this craft of becoming, not just of fabricating uh, costume play. You're playing that aspect. And that's why for a while I actually didn't like the, the phrase play. I thought it was still too associated with childishness. But in the theater, the players are on the stage. The audience is in the seats. And when we step into the, the best of what gaming is, which is this interactive experience where we are authoring our own experience, we are the players. We are on the stage giving the, giving the monologues, experiencing the heartbreak, all of that. You know, going on the adventure. And it is in and of itself inspiring there. So 1938, 1938, folks, this is when they were, or oh, Huizinga was uh, 
pondering this in his 1938 suit. Everyone dressed better back then. Just saying. That's all right. People are, people are fine. So it discusses the importance of the play element of culture and society. It suggests that play is primary to and necessary, though not sufficient, condition of the generation of culture. His assertion was that there's no culture without play. There's no culture with, and I extrapolated from this, is, yeah, if we're fighting each other or trying to outmaneuver each other commercially, we're not really focusing on our gift, are we? The gift, as birds were given the ability to fly and fish to swim, we were given the ability to imagine. And imagination is intrinsic to creativity, to imagine yourself on that flying carpet or on that magical steed, which I have a book I'm writing about magical steeds across culture. And that is intrinsic. And that is childlike, right? Not childish, it's childlike and it is precious. And and when I heard that Corey Barlog had used The NeverEnding Story as part of the inspiration behind uh, God of War, you know, Charlie obviously is the, 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 the giant turtle and that's inspiration visually there, but thematically Bastion, in that story, I don't want to spoil anything. Three, two, one, if you haven't seen the never-ending story, but at the very end, he discovers that he himself is in the story. He's authoring it. I've tell me, it's tell you uh, I can tell you all about it. that'll be another 2024's presentation, the never-ending story and why it is perfect for an open world RPG. So it's foundational to mythopoesis, which is the creation of new worlds. I do that with the quantum myth. And I directly experience this anytime I'm creating a new compendium primer, which is basically a book that is like a storybook, um, but also a game design pitch wrapped into one. And then I pass that on to a design team for them to adapt. The, the key takeaway here is that we are playing with ideas. We're no longer, we have given ourselves the space which technology at its most functional, not dysfunctional, the positive timeline, technology takes care of the foundational parts of society and we don't take the matrix timeline of becoming hedonistic and then letting the ma machines take over, but we let it take care of the basics. And then someone, you know, a Nicaraguan, a young Nicaraguan girl, trans girl can just suddenly say, Hey, uh, I've had this idea all my life of, of wanting to tell this story allegorically of my experience or, or even just this beautiful holiday. And I just want to create a little interactive parable about that. Jump online, talk with someone on Instagram, find an Instagram artist, uh, create something in Blender with Fiverr, talk to a programmer, and you've, all of us, like, together are able to, like, create these boutique experiences, if anything, but to begin that path is going to be unprecedentedly easy, and the symptom of us moving towards that is what I'm doing now. It is what all of you, if you have resonated still and are still listening, have in you, which is the idea that we can do more than fight each other and disagree with each other and, and subscribe to outrage culture. We can play with things. We can play with ideas like, is this or isn't it? You know, that's what the idea of playing is. It's, it's very uh, aligned with philosophy and, um, and spirituality too, where, where we are able to let go of what things look like on the outside. We can, we can see what's underneath. And the most important thing with games is what's underneath isn't, isn't at all what, anyone else is going to go through every experience is tailored to you and uh that's the reason why play again something that isn't addressed is we can experience it over and over and you ask yourself why are they able to like play the kids over and over with that same bundle of sticks or whatever like it's crazy you know but that's a child's ability to rediscover imagination over and over and that's also in integral to play so next slide please folks 
like the controller, the future of interactive is in your hands. I've added an extra little slide here. You can hear, you can become, I put this together so quickly because I just got so inspired in revisiting the talk. That lineup there in every silhouette, you'll see The Last Guardian. Ueda is all over this, obviously, uh, journey. All these silhouettes of um, sky, even, you know, Child of Light, a beautiful endeavor from the creators of Journey. These works on this shirt, uh, even if you don't pick it up, I don't really care. It's just there. I enjoyed it. I'm a designer. For me, if you become an interactivist, which is, again, the term that I coined to describe someone who is not fed up, not, not any of that outrage, none of those sort of, um, you know, uh, I suppose controversy catalyzing words. It's just recognizing, look, there's a space here. Just that word. That's it. Non-confrontational. Believe me, I've had many exchanges on Reddit where there's, there's an attempt to deconstruct and invalidate simply someone who just wants another space and another room and another voice. It's not challenging. It's not erasing what's already there. It's, it's an additive process. Um, and then I think naturally from people opening up and seeing that there are many more opportunities than what is already um, and just all too often settled for that we can actually evolve and do more so and that's right there the the hero is a, a story which is now currently exists just on the page but just picture zelda you know final fantasy mixed with a bit of journey and that's what i'm doing so there's an extra slide which i've added purely insp inspired by putting this together for you all so i will end with a closing word I, I had the the edited version but i'll just read it and i won't do his accent in film interaction with the receiver, with the audience is passive. In the interactive medium, you can't just be an observer. You have to be completely absorbed by the possibility of narrative at all times. Video games are, I have no doubt, the bridge to the future of genre narrative, artistically challenging, brilliantly done storytelling. There is a lot you can do in games you couldn't even dream of doing in any other medium. Maybe not everything coming out right now, but the games we'll be playing in 10 years time, those will be effing masterpieces. <laughs> We're moving very fast towards a transmedia event horizon, a narrative tsunami. We must be prepared. At some point in the next 10 years, a storyteller in genre will need to be nimble in all mediums. He said that 10 years ago. Academy Award winner Guillermo del Toro in conversation with Bioshock creator Ken Levine. Folks, I mean, I think there's a couple more slides. You want to go through those quickly? What have we got ahead? Yeah, so Q&A, and then there's an ending slide just for the end. But folks, that is me. That is my conversation. That is what I came here to say. And I'm very, very honored that um, whoever chose to devote their time to um, being here with me, being here with everyone else watching, I thank you so much. So lovely. So if, if there were any questions, I have... Um, the uh, chat here on Zoom. And uh, if I receive any questions, then I will answer them. Excellent. I do also have the YouTube, which I think has its own chat as well. If not, that's fine. Excellent. So I have a standby, there will be some. So lovely. Believe me, it was, it was gonna be Elden Ring, uh, Zelda. I also have a beautiful, um, Thunderjaw shirt. So excited. I was like, what should I decide? 
t-shirts a very easy way to just wrap i guess so anyway maybe i will even fully reveal there we go loving it because now it's it. It's, it it's it we're here now we're relaxing presentation's over boom fun 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 that's really cool and and look i mean i'm a podcaster this is called vamping what i'm doing uh I guess the only other thing I would maybe just riff on while I'm, we're waiting for questions. Yeah. So I talked about like going quiet um, as a creative uh, and, and creating, but you know, you can still kind of stay sort of active in the community and, and not necessarily just do either extreme. And that's why I'm very glad to see some people chiming in with the question. Um, this is one of the wonderful things of the internet. I'm such an old man. I'm still so impressed by chats. So do you see, this is um, from Acme Studio. I'm not sure who's asking. Um, uh, do you see the interactive art more like a performance art? Like we should expand the rules to make it experimental? Or uh, do you want it to tell better stories and character arcs like in God of War? All of the above and more. Um, I know there's a risk sometimes of saying, well, give me everything. And so then there's that choice paralysis. Um, but honestly, I think that uh, like Bound, for example, uh, was an experimental um, game that had that sort of imagery of almost of, of performance as in dancing, you know, interpretive dancing. And so not only does interactive play with definition, I think, um, you know, there's an opportunity actually with, with, the, with, with interactive in redefining um, what you've actually offered. So that was um, from Generic 88. So shout out to you. If we share a birth year, that's awesome, 1988. So yeah, so the way that I would probably summarize is look, character arcs are, are my jam. I, I, I approach this knowing that even though I am, I probably need to do another talk about this is I just think open world, third person uh, action RPG with a little bit of platforming is just like the distilled perfection. It, but that, that's like saying someone has like their favorite sort of format of dish. So but I am cognizant that um, a lot of people have a um, have a particular favorite genre, and again, the whole process is if I were to really really break it down, I just don't want to walk into Canberra Center and see eBay, sorry, in um, you know, electronics boutique uh, look like it's just always on some kind of like fire sale, and it just immediately cheapens. So, your to answer your question, if you uh, as long as you're contributing to the artistic legitimization of the medium in some conscious way, um, any project, any project works. So, um, okay. So Ari, uh, shout out to you, Ari from Acme says, do you, um, to you, what defines a video game? Where are the boundaries? Um, talk to Kojima. Uh, he has um, introduced many elements of, of fourth wall breaking. I know that maybe not essentially what you were um looking at diving into but i'll just use it as a basis so now again three two one spoilers for metal gear solid 1999 i think that's when it came out 1998 seven the back of the cd case that's all i need to say if you know it you know it um for me the video game anything that contributes to uh again i this is me personally so please take that you know with that full disclaimer I believe if you embrace the notion of interactivity to its utmost, it's it's all contributing. So 
like how I said earlier, it's like, I want this chat to be more interactive. So that's why I tried to kind of make it to the Q&A so that we could get here. Uh, yeah, if you're making a project and you can see elements coming together that feel as though, well, I am stretching the elements, the, the limits of a game by maybe having an external app or uh, some, some of the things you might think, oh, he must be completely anti Pokemon Go, but I loved that notion of melding, you know, the two worlds. So um, again, not to sort of be a cop out, but it can be so many things and uh, more than what is a game being worked up in, like being concerned with them, um, you know, for example, if something like Dear Esther is a game, it's like, or an interactive experience as is my preferred title. Uh, if it rings true, if it is true, and it might be a bit of a cop-out answer, but if it rings true to you that it is interactive and that most importantly, I believe, again, it's a bit subjective, but it has to use, it has to leverage what games offer, which is that interactive component. And um, Kojima evidenced that with how he directly interacted with you in the in the physical world. So he really does push the boundaries. So, and that for me is a an inspiring note to, to, to know that you can, have it be so many more things than what we currently think of games. So Amber D asks, uh, Albert would love uh, you to speak a bit uh, of positive collaborative platforms you have awareness of how to build and connect into fellow um, passionate interactioneers, which I love that name. Well done, interactivists, interactioneers. So Dreams was a really promising um, platform that came about. I would like to, I'll just talk about how um, just like with the Order 1886, I think there was an issue of timing of when the certain, like if the Order 1886 had come out in, let's just say 2003, um, first of all, tech would have been different, but just the, the notion alone that there was this special, interesting alternate take on steampunk, the entitlement culture, the rage culture, the outrage culture would not have snuffed that out. And I believe, unfortunately, Dreams' timing um, uh, unfortunately, uh, with this current era, people, I just, they go for that dopamine fix. They take the, the path more traveled, which is why I'm very excited about the Matrix coming out to kind of really re-anchor us into, um, you know, talking to fellow red pills to use the bar, to borrow your phrasing, to connect with people who are just like you. What we're doing here, uh, ACME, uh, Melbourne International Games Week, I, I sort of moved, I, I, I kept myself sort of in this sort of silo, uh, solo silo of, of, one-way creativity and I still sometimes struggle as, as an introvert um, to, to, to branch out but um, Reddit is a great place and also take take the interaction into your own sort of environment uh, create I mean podcasts are also great for that I think one of the most noble causes of podcasts is to act as chronicles of that connection so uh, to summarize I would say podcasting and um, yeah find kindred people in, in comments and absolutely uh, when things reopen again you know come together definitely to create. So there you go. Well, again, my default topic when I don't see a question come up. Uh, so I was talking, I think about, uh, yeah, like, well, let's take, a, let's take a different topic actually. Speaking of people who I've worked with, so Samuel um, Matthews, a concept artist who I can't confirm, but let's just say he just told me that he had a very positive experience arising from a talk he and I had. It was for the God of War podcast, which actually got picked up by the news couple of outlets actually um they talked about oh this is you know santa monica studio artist and it was a bit of one of like the benefits of instant gratification culture where they didn't quite do their their homework they didn't check to see oh well this is just a community nonprofit uh, sub outlet to the albuquerque podcast and 
everyone was in, he entered that algorithm as like Samuel Matthews, God of War podcast, Samuel Matthews, God of War, um, yes, Santa Monica studio. And, uh, out of arising from that, uh, there was an opportunity and, and I'm just very, very pleased whenever that sort of stuff happens. So, um, there you go. So another one from Ari, you've talked quite a lot about games internationally. Um, what excites you most about the games industry here in Australia? Um, for me, well, Quantumith, <laughs> I'm very excited to, to, to keep growing Quantumith. And, and that gives you a hint of what I, you know, I, pos I posed it as a question earlier in the slide of what, what will I do? Will I stay in Australia or go? But that would be a very different answer. If this was even three years ago, pre-COVID, I would have said, I'm moving over. And, uh, you know, any Australians who want can come with me. But I'm, going to, I'm going to Vancouver. I'm going to Ubisoft. But I think we need to galvanize. We need to talk about how there just aren't that many prominent studios here in, here in Australia. Um, like I'm, I'm talking about of the level of where we sit, we, we immediately associate to so Naughty Dog. Uh, um, yeah, so Santa Monica, obviously Santa Monica. Um, these, these major players in the legitimization of the art form. Remember, Ari and everyone, um, my only sole exclusive lens of interest in the interactive art form is its maturation is its evolution and i play um i would say i experience maybe one or two titles a year that's it and so yeah to answer your question to summarize it's it's grow grow what isn't there um and that's what excites me most is is um there's nothing nothing quite i mean i, I have this from my patterns there's nothing quite like a blank slate to uh to work upon so i also learned that leaning on the desk is bad because things move around but yeah so I hope we are having a lot of people maybe tuning in who, um, who want to, from Australia, from Canberra, maybe anywhere around Australia. Like, if anything, I would, I would love to know that uh, something of this within this conversation spoke to you and um, made you finally, you know, send that one designer who you're like, I have a character idea or I have a game level design idea and jump into dreams or any other kind of creation module and put it together, you know? So Travis Geldard, uh, how does mobile gaming fit into your preferred timeline, Albert? Um, if you zoomed in, uh, I, I talked about in the nightmare timeline. Don't worry, I'm building to something positive. I said in the nightmare timeline, consoles essentially disappear and it sort of becomes, it's like basically follow the money. So Twitch, you know, most of them have PCs. Uh, it's just easier to emulate, easier just everything PC, PC. So co consoles disappear. And uh, it's just two, it's a twin model thing. So mobile and consoles. Um, so that's the first, unfortunately, I, again, love and light to those who, who resonate with mobile gaming, but I've not really connected with, with mobile gaming. And um, that isn't to say that, uh, for example, there's, I think the backbone device. Um, it's, I hear about some of the podcasts, people I talk about, it, it allows you to slot in your phone and you can just play a second screen. Oh my gosh, we're talking about, if I am able to on my mobile, on my mobile eventually, which I just still have that '90s or maybe mid 2000s concern that I'll run out of data, but consistently we're getting more data for cheaper. And when I maybe on iPhone 16, say, Ray says, look, like you just don't have to worry. Like here, take your you know thing that makes your phone into a switch essentially, um, and and go for it. And do not worry about overheating. Do not worry about any of that. That's probably when I will get into this. Uh, it's untapped for me, but that's Switch, entirely different. I love Switch, so we'll talk about that later. YouTube Premium. You've done podcasts with amazing artists uh, like Danielle Vasuti. 
uh, Tommy L. Jenkins, uh, Kyle Card, what tips do you have uh, for someone who's just starting? Uh, I will just, dial, wonderful question. Thank you very much. Um, I'll, I'll dial us all the way back to when I started. So you need that launching um, platform, don't you? And, and what that was for me was uh, having heard a few podcasts and, and recognized that there was a voice I wasn't hearing and it was my own. And I, I do believe that just starting something for the sake of it is an additive and it has the risk of cluttering. It has the risk of uh, coming into something and not having anything to say. And unfortunately, a lot of, if you sort of looked at the metadata of the Apple podcast store, there's a lot of abandoned, it's like a graveyard, <laughs> podcast graveyard. So a guiding passion and fire for something that you believe needs to have that constant discourse. And for me, right from episode one, and it's a bit cringe, but go all the way back on youtube.com forward slash albuquerque official slash playlists. You can go to the podcast and it actually starts with episode one. And greetings, everyone. They're talking about Bloodborne. Like I had a very much higher voice. And, and I just said, look, I just want to sit here, talk about Bloodborne and in all the contexts and like get really literary and really daggy and, and tweedy, you know? Uh, so that's my advice is, is, is find something that for you is something you don't see and that you personally would be excited about seeing. I know it's a bit sort of hear various different iterations of that answer, but um, make it something that you would want. And I've reconnected recently with my own podcasting in that respect. And so there's my, there is my uh, advice to you, YouTube premium. Fantastic. So Amber Roxette, great presentation, Albert. Thank you. Very inspiring. Interested to see your interpretation of Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding that you have mentioned. Is that on your YouTube channel? So um, I've actually had this question. Thank you so much, by the way, Amber. Um, I've had this question posited a few times uh, since Death Stranding came out. I will say, and I didn't intend for any drama to come from it, but after Death Stranding came out, I, I, I stepped away. Um, and the reason I stepped away is, I, I mentioned this in the in the manifesto, is that my interpretation of in Death Stranding, and this is okay if we want to, you know, Mega64 has helped me with this, is like you sort of preface and give a, an alert of what, where I'm going to go. I'm going to go into psychoanalysis. Um, and Amber Roxette, thank you so much. I know maybe there's other people waiting, but let's dive in. Uh, for me, um, conscious of time too, obviously, if, whenever we need to, to wrap things up, let me know. Team in the background. Death Stranding uh, read to me as a, a very private journal, like 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 to a, to the point where you when you're reading someone's like you, you just I shouldn't be reading this. Uh, there was so much imagery of expulsion, of like tears. There's even like lots of vomit imagery as well. There's even and I'll just say you know I'll say the scientific words so they can't you know flag me, but like you are weaponizing your urine and feces as well <laughs> as Sam, as this character, because your body inherently has properties that like fight the enemy. And that speaks to me of someone who realized that on an, an, on an atomic level in everything that they, ex, you know, like that they uh, expel, whether it's their breathing or, or everything that coming out of them is antithetical to, to the people that wronged him, you know, which is the BTs, the, the beached things. And for me, the beach things, obviously, Konami. And so my interpretation is that it cannot be extracted timeline-wise from the allegory of what he went through as an artist. And it's a meditative title. I played it uh, for about 12 hours before realizing, okay, so this is a very private journal. I'll, I'll watch the story uh, on YouTube. And um, if I finish something and I say finish, 
little little tangent. Please stop saying we're beating games. It's so oh please don't. Just say just finish. Complete. Oh, I beat it. It's like, no, you didn't physically beat it. Just, you know, anyway, that's my little mini, the tiniest soapbox, then I got right off. So there you go. So no more cues. Feel free to wrap up. Oh, folks, I am honestly beyond humbled, beyond honored to have had this opportunity to speak with you all today. I hope uh even one fresh uh you know concept or or angle on the interactive art form um occurred for you as i was talking uh, from any particular angle even if this was sort of in the background for you uh as you were doing other things but um look thank you all so much thank you uh melbourne international games week i hope you all enjoy the rest of the presenters i'm going to be diving in right now to see who else is um adding their voice to these wonderful events and i hope to come back next year if, if you'll have me so and thank you to acme as well Take care, everyone, and until next time, bye for now.